Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Robbie Knox and I'm the landlord of The Moon Underwater, a mystical place where guests create their dream pub. Hello and welcome back to The Moon Underwater where we are here with Cooler Shaker frontman Crispian Mills discussing his dream pub and it is an epic Trappist monk and shaman filled <laughs> enterprise uh, so far. Before the break, Dan, you gave a, a best confusing uh, and uh, worst poorly structured quiz. Yep. Uh, we will now do the answers. Okay. Uh, so it's, cool, it's a cooler average temperature quiz. So question one was which has the cooler average temperature, Melbourne in June or Montreal? In September. Who wants, who wants to answer first? I don't mind. Do you want to go first in this one and I'll do the next one? You do this one. I'll do this All one. Right. Yeah. I think Montreal is going to be cooler. Montreal is going to be cooler. Yeah. Christian. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Got to be. Well, this surprised me. I've got to say. Melbourne in June, obviously it's winter then, mm. is only 10.5 degrees Celsius. Mm. And Montreal in September, 15.5. So it's quite a lot warmer. So no points. Okay. Fail. First round. Total fail. Question two. London in July or La Paz in Mexico? Uh, sorry, La Paz, Mexico in April, which is cooler. London in July or La Paz in April? Whereabouts? Uh, La Paz, I don't know where it is. Well, Mexico, it's got to be pretty, pretty much near the equator, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, it depends what year, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> London, London yeah, yeah. can be... Uh, can be uh, pretty pretty varied. Well, I'd I'd, I'd go with um, London in July. I think London in July. Yes, because you've got to be tricking us. It's going to be luring us. I think London in July because I went to Mexico in. Well, I went, I went in July to Mexico. It was so hot. I can't imagine it's got get those colder off that. Yeah. So both saying London. Yeah. Both correct. Yes. London is uh, 18.7 average and La Paz 22.1. Okay. Uh, Bratislava, Slovakia in January or Boston, Massachusetts in January? Both in January. They're quite close, these two. Not a lot Not a lot in it. I think of Boston as very cold in the winter. Very cold. I think it's got to be Boston, isn't it? Very cold, yes. Yeah, it's got to be. Both Boston. Correct. Boston is minus 1.5, Bratislava minus 0.4. So, two each. Well done. Okay. Uh, Honolulu, USA in December or Harare, Zimbabwe in May? 
which is cool. A Honolulu in December, oh, Harare is, in I'm May. Sure. I'm going to go. What do you want to go first? Or do you want to... I think in Zimbabwe down there in May, it may be it may be a little bit chilly. Yes, I would wrap up. Harare. Okay, I'll go just to just to try and break up the deadlock. I'll go Honolulu. <laughs> Crispian's correct. Leeds three two. Yeah. And a final question. I mean, there's three points on offer here. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. There you go. So everything could change. Well, just the score of this game, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tokyo's average daily temperature in August is 26.4 degrees Celsius. There are only three months of the year that have a cooler average temperature than that in Mumbai, India. What months might they be? This is the worst question you've ever done. It's so confusing. <laughs> so it's you just got to name three months, basically. It, yeah, so it's, it's so got, I need to pick the three coldest months in the Mumbai. Three, That's all the yeah, essentially really the three coldest yeah. months. It's December, January, February. Um, okay. This is the in Mumbai. Yep. Uh, So I'm trying to think where India's what side of the equator we are. We're still in North Dakota. Are we? Parts of India, I would say. I think I the equator runs through India, doesn't it? I think. I think. I think Christian's going to know India better than me, so I'm going to have to <laughs> go for the right thing. I'll go. <laughs> I can't pick the same ones. I've lost all confidence here. I'll go November, yeah. December, January. Fall into pieces. Okay. Wow. Well, you get two points each because, slightly weirdly, no, no, uh, no, yes, two points each because it's November, February, and January. Because yeah, yeah. really weirdly, in Mumbai, it's it colder in November, it gets a bit warmer in December, and then gets colder again in January and February. Yeah, that's very India. That's very strange. Yeah, yeah, that's very unpredictable. Yeah. So, well, well, they have a spike. Yeah, a little spike and, in and December. And anybody know why? They just feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't question. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's India. It Don't question. Is. you got to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well done, Crispian. He beat you there. Yeah, he did. Congratulations. Wow, I'm, I'm amazed. Well well this done. has my first, I've just, you know, 100% my, I lost my cherry. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Undefeated in pub quizzes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Okay, um, you get to have two spirits in your Moon Underwater pub. What's the first choice going to be? Well, the spirits, there's two spirits, <laughs> and uh, I'm actually, I can't make my mind up, but maybe you can help me. Okay. Okay, so it's either going to be Harry Nielsen and Keith Moon, okay? Right. <laughs> or it's William Blake... <laughs> And Thomas Paine. Okay. Or it's um, Derek and Clive. Why don't you mix it up and have Derek and Keith Moon? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yes, William Blake and Harry Nielsen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the idea that um, that the, you know, that I was going to, you know, I was talking... I was thinking just to generally what kind of environment we're creating here. Yeah. You know, it's because a lot you do see a lot of spirits on ayahuasca, yeah. you know. And so I think I like the idea that, you know, like sort of, you know, the way that Obi-Wan Kenobi appears and just like gives a little nod and a wink at the end of Star Wars and you know, that that sense that 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 they're that they're with us and they're they're still sitting in the corner having a good old moan about things. Yeah. <laughs> um I Yeah, I mean that 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 the pub they were they were a drinking gang, weren't they? With you know Oliver Reed, Keith Moon, 
John Lennon, Harry Nilsson. Um, that was that 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 kind of I thought there's sort of some Hellraisers. My 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 godfather was an actor called uh, Hal Bennett, right. and he was also sort of part of that late '60s actor scene, just boozing. Really good-looking guys had just destroyed themselves, <laughs> and looked like granddads by the time they were forty. You know? And um, that you know, just uh, you know, just funny, funny people, funny people, ta- with, you know, talented. Um, and then, and then somebody wrote a play. Wrote, wrote a play, which I think it was put on in Lambeth. Uh, it hasn't really tr- transferred anywhere else. But it was an interesting idea that William Blake and Thomas Paine met one time. You know, um, these sort of t- two Enlightenment figures. One, one who was not famous and became famous after he was dead, and and one who was more celebrated. And talking about revolution and dissent and and breaking free mentally from you know the herd and what is it, what does it mean to be free and 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 it's set in William Blake's garden and both he, he and his wife are naked <laughs> you know because they're sitting in a tree because they're nudists obviously and I don't know why the the play whether the play was successful or not um it required nudity uh I don't know I I never saw it I read it and I just thought it was an interesting idea so they would be interesting. I think William Blake and his his wife and Thomas Paine, and then Derek and Clive. Yeah, just a couple of people just moaning <laughs> and being being rude. I so they have to continue in character in the afterlife. That's the ultimate being typecast, isn't yeah. it? Would you have to continue beyond the grave <laughs> yes. in your roles? I mean, I what I like with the three choices is that you it's like you've encapsulated three of the main sort of conversations that you get in pups you've got the the big drinkers who are having a fantastic time and drinking and probably telling great stories then you've got the sort of more intellectuals who are having a, a really good debate about the politics of the day or whatever or, you know revolution or whatever and then you've got the sort of two people moaning and swearing <laughs> in the corner everyone's a bit like it's such, i mean it sums up all pubs just with three with six people it's quite it's incredible yeah yeah, I think I think um, you know, and 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 the whole you know, that that's what I think of when I think of a healthy pub. I mm. think of that, you know, that is a good little snapshot of life. And um, there's a lot, you know, it's, it's it's sad, you know. I think there's a lot of, a lot of that pub life has gone out of this country. There's a great pub around the corner from where we rehearse in Putney. It's called the Eight Bells, and. Um, is it the eight bells or the eight tons? Oh my god! Anyway, there's eight involved. I remember, <laughs> and and it really feels it's got a real cross section. There's a lot of musicians around there. There's a lot of students. There's a lot of um, there's a council estate nearby. There's people from from Fulham, and because it's very unpretentious and sort of just a feels a bit old fashioned. You get a real cross section of people in there, and it. it it's great. It's a. It makes it makes you remember a lot of what what you know, pubs used to be like. You know, when we're sitting in the beer garden freezing our bollocks off. Yeah. <laughs> it's great when you get a pub that has a real cross section of society in it. I've, I've mentioned on here before. My friend Jim used to work at on some night shift near Smithfield's Market, sort of thing on some media news thing, and he'd come to the pub at like six in the morning, which was opening up for all the butchers that were finishing so it said it was all people on finishing night shifts and men covered in blood sort of thing like that so it said there's quite a real real sort of mix of things 
The, yeah. the weirdest th pub situation I ever saw was um, when we in the late nineties. We all the band. We all lived in a in a house like the monkeys, you know, or the banana splits. You know, <laughs> we all lived in a house in in uh, Highgate, in um, <clears throat> just in between Archway and Highgate on Shepherd's Hill, and we were all you know we were all on housing benefit and the dole, and we you know we'd been working seriously trying to get signed and trying to make money and we had support which people don't don't have anymore yeah. and it was so it was this whole other culture but we had this hat because we all clubbed together <clears throat> we had this lovely house in highgate overlooking highgate woods and we had a lot we had a lodger one guy who paid and my wife was working working at the time so she paid so between us it was about seven people living in this house and um while we were there there was a church, and outside the church, there were all these all these drunks sitting on the steps with the you know with the booze and everything. And then the church got and the church was shut down, so that it was it was a pretty sad situation. And then the church got turned into a pub, <laughs> <laughs> and they cleared out all. And when all the guys sitting on the steps got moved on, <laughs> so that real drinkers could come in, yeah, you know, yeah. it was the most bizarre thing. <clears throat> We have a lot, I live in Norwich and we have a lot of, um, there's a lot of, just a lot of churches there. So there are all sorts of things from bars to whatever, something, a lot of, lot of church regeneration going on there. Um, what's the building going to be for your pub? Is it, is it going to be a, a traditional looking pub or are we going to be something that the shaman and the Trappist monk have been at home in? Yeah, I I I haven't actually thought about the decor yet. Um, I think we might hang a lot of saris yep. up. The thing about that pub in, in it was actually Muswell Hill, this pub that got turned into a um, this church that got turned into a pub. It was weird is that the, the, the where the altar should have been was the bar, <laughs> and that uh, and that just felt wrong to me. I thought there should be there is a certain sort of congregational aspect to yeah. the pub that you know you got to acknowledge that uh, it's a good thing, but to actually turn it into a ritual <laughs> is a bit much. <laughs> So I'll have a think about that question. Okay, um, good. It was just an impromptu <clears throat> question. It's not officially on the list. So what tea did we decide on then, Out of Your Spirits? You can, we've got a yeah, system too. Think? I I think we should I think we should have if we're going to have literally disembodied um, uh, um, clientele, I think we should have William Blake. I think we should keep we keep going with the mystics, bring them in. I think he, I think he was probably. As long as he didn't get too pissed, I think he was quite good fun. <laughs> okay, so William Blake with <laughs> with Thomas, Thomas Paine. Paine. I think his wife. Oh, with his both wife. naked. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> Imagine not knowing. We're just walking down the road past yes. this pub and think we might just pop in for one. Yeah. <laughs> not been here before. Why is there a shaman at the door? Why, why is William Blake naked? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, terrific choices. I mean, how many times have we had those before, Dan? Yep, you are the <laughs> yeah, first person to choose uh, Naked Ghosts. Yep. Every episode, uh, Chris, Dan speaks to one of our listeners who suggests something to go in our guest pub. You don't have to accept it. You can roundly reject it. Dan... Who have you been talking to today? I'm talking to John. John's going to tell us his idea. Hey, this is John, and my suggestion for Crispian's Pub is a dartboard, but instead of throwing the darts, you fire them with a mystical machine gun, because 
that would be really cool. And there's no way Crispian's pub is uh, going to be anything other than mystical and magical. <laughs> so, is that, so that was a dartboard. I couldn't hear of your comments. Yes, sorry. I thought it was a good time yeah. to do it. A, a, a dartboard, yeah. Time, yeah. yeah. So a dartboard that fires mystic, but you fire mystical darts through a mystical machine gun. Thoughts? I think that sounds uh, that sounds wonderful. I think you know you got it. I think it should be a. If we're going to have a mystical machine gun, <laughs> mystical dart gun, then um, then the, the dartboard itself should be sort of some sort of strip, sort of some sort of spiral. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe some kind of sort of form of time travel sort of as well involved in the in the uh, in the dartboard. Oh, so yeah, depending really on good. where you hit, you would transport yourself mm. into that. Into that time, yeah, it'd be That's quite a little bit discombobulating this yeah. pub, yeah, but um, yeah, worth worth a trip, worth a visit for yeah. sure. Transfers it, between realms. I mean, within within the band, you can tell who's spent a lot of time in pubs, but based on those kind of skills, darts, pool, um, ping pong, not so much, but uh, although we do play a lot of ping pong now, we just did a we just did a an album in um, a studio called Metway in Brighton, which is. Which is which has a little bar in it, which is owned by the Levelers, and um, that's a lot of ping pong going on in that place. A lot, <laughs> and we I, we got quite good. It was a bet. That was one of the things we've got to show for our time in that place. Um, but I like it. Yeah, I, the pub the pub that we used to play um, pool in the most was was the Rifleman's in Glastonbury. Cause Paul. Is from Glastonbury, and in the early days, we used to go down there when we had when we got too kind of fried out with London. We'd drive down to to Pennard, East Pennard, where his family lived, and we'd rehearse in his room. So we were all kids then, and and then we go to the Rifes, which is at the bottom of the tour. Right. And so you get again, you get a real cross section. You get you know locals, you get farmers, you get. You know, um, people who've done something to their brain, <laughs> and you get witches and and wizards and um, pilgrims. You know, right. on the trail. I mean, it's real. It's a real madhouse, and a lot of ghosts. A lot of ghosts in Glastonbury. Um, but a lot of pool goes on there, and um, and a lot of drug dealing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's where we were, that's where I remember like really sort of playing the most amount of pool I'd ever done. I like it when you encounter an unusual pub game, like sort of bar billiards or something mm. like that. So mm. They quite enjoy that. They try and read the thing for what the rules are on the yeah. wall and then someone local would come over and tell you're doing it wrongly <laughs> or something like that. Um, I do enjoy that. My, my worry about the mystical machine gun is having a machine gun in a pub. How are we going to deal with that? It feels like if things get a bit rowdy, it could be if a problem. If it's mystical, though, is it? Is it? Is there some way... You know that it's not; it's never going to hit someone. I well, let, I tell you what. Why don't we? Why don't we um, use like a bamboo, like a bamboo pipe? Okay. And, uh, you know, if anyone's squeamish about firearms, we should go for like blowpipes. Okay. Yeah. So we can do, um, you know, and it, and if you once you've used it for the blowpipe, you can you can use it to blow um, psychedelics up someone's nose. <laughs> <laughs> that seems a lot. I I'm, I feel more comfortable with with yeah. that because yeah. you very rarely turn on the news yeah. and hear about some gang related blowpipe attack. <laughs> yeah, 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 that sort yeah. of thing. So yeah. okay, I think that's good. So we're we accepting it then, Crispian. Yeah, for sure. It's it's with the slight blow. Pipe modification. Yes, <laughs> the mystical and, and a time travel 
Yeah. Would it be kept behind the bar? So you have to go and ask for it like you do with darts sometimes? Yeah, Can yeah, I just get nice. the mystical blowpipe yeah. down there? <laughs> Thank you. Too bad deposit. Uh, <laughs> okay, if you've got a suggestion for something that could go into a future guest's pub, you can email me, robbie at moonandapod.com with your vision for the future. It's time now for the pub jukebox. And this is where you get to put one CD or mini disc into the jukebox. What's it going to be? So, so this is um, this is serious. This is serious business. What this is kind of like the because um, you've got like a playlist, right? So, this so there's, is, there'll be there'll be. Yeah. I'm sure there's every, there's everything that's been put in so far, and you get to add yeah. one. Well, one that's thing. brilliant. Well, one of the one of the great greatest experiences I ever had in a in a bar was in New Orleans, and um, I know it's not technically a pub, but. I, I mean, what's the difference between a pub and a bar? I think I think we're going to get into some, you know, it, it has to be it has to be local, it has to be a certain sort of you know community aspect to it. Um, I mean, in any in many ways, it was a pub, but it was in the swamps, and you know, and we were, we wanted to go see a band called the Rebirth Brass Band, and we we knew we had had their record when we all lived together in uh, in the Banana Splits house. <laughs> and we used to listen to this. They were like a street band, and they do they do everything from like New Orleans jazz to like mixing it up with James Brown and breakbeats and like reggae and and it was just completely mad and really really groovy funky stuff. And so we, we they were they were quite well known, and we knew that they were playing at this. And so we went out and got a taxi when we were on tour because we were playing in New Orleans. And it was just off the Mississippi and it was the swamps and it looked like we were in a movie and there was all those amazing um, uh, uh, cypress trees, you know, and, and, and we walked into this bar and it was completely dead. There was nothing happening. There was just some old guys, you know, holding up the bar. And it really, you say, are we sure this is the right place? And it was all wooden floors. And it had a real atmosphere and a real character, but it was dead. And then we just said, oh, we'll have a beer and we'll hang out and wait. And maybe they're going to show up. And they did show up like about four hours later, late. And they all just sort of staggered in and the the... One of them had come in, and I think he was a trombone player or something. He'd been in a fight, and he had a split lip, and he was still playing, going to play, even though he had a split lip. So they they turned up, and they played this set, and the place went mad, and everyone danced all night. And I think it was, I think that may be my greatest experience in a, in a drinking establishment in the world. And so I would go with their track, Feel Like Funkin' It Up. Put the full, full album in if you want. Is it on the album that you had in the house? Yeah, yeah. I think it was called Feel Like Funkin' It. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that track, that extended mix track, is really great. And what was the band name? Rebirth Brass Band. That's a great name, there, isn't it? That yeah. sounds amazing. That does sound amazing. That, I mean, it you know goes with the rest of the pub because it feels almost dreamlike story. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like the next yeah. day we'll go. Well, yeah. do we, were we really there? Yeah, we've had some. We've had some. I mean, this is a slight digression, but <clears throat> there was another time where we, where we were trying to find our way to Al Green's Gospel Church <laughs> to see the Reverend, and um, you know, we went two cabs, and one went this way, and one that, and then one one lot of the band and the and the 
entourage, the crew, didn't get to see Al Green, and one <laughs> bunch did. But again, that was a real congregation, and all I, all, I missed it, right? Yeah. So I was gutted. But they said it was a great gig. It was a it was a church service yeah. on a Sunday, but it was an amazing gig, and you know they were they were seriously testifying. And the the guitar player in the band uh, looked like Jimi Hendrix. Was dressed all in purple with a purple cape <laughs> and a wah wah bow. I wish I'd seen it. I'm kind of glad I didn't because it's etched into my imagination. Yeah. As a supreme. So I mean, you know. Get them in with that guy. Get the Rebirth Brass Band in with Al Green's, with Al Green's <laughs> yeah, purple. caped Axeman. <laughs> my first post-divorce pint. The gin I had in Hull. My nan's homemade buckfast. The rum I drank with Liz Hurley. The lager I stole from the pigeon detectives. Time now for a drink in time where the moon underwater will transport you through the very fabric of time to a drink you've had in the past on an occasion of the past and you can relive it. So my 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 drink in time, well, a formative drink is Lafoyque. Lafoyque? Irish. Irish peat whiskey. I never drank whiskey in my life. And uh, my dad used to drink it and he used to sort of swear by it. That it was um, useful, Celtic medicine. He didn't really even think about it as a, some sort of, you know, uh, intoxicant. He's a, it's Celtic medicine, you know. And um, I didn't really understand what he meant. I didn't drink uh, spirits, and I had terrible toothache once on tour, and um, I had a, I had a, basically, I needed to see a dentist urgently, and this worst thing, a worst pain, and. Um, I did a gig and I had to wait till the next day and I was starting to panic. The painkillers weren't doing anything. And the, the guy at the bar said, uh, and he, I, was in, I was in Scotland, it's an Irish whiskey. Is that Irish thing going on here? Lafroig is an Irish whiskey, I'm sure. But anyway, I was in Scotland and I was in Glasgow and the, and the uh, guy behind the bar said, hey, this will sort you out. And I had quite a large shot of Lafroig and the pain became bearable. It made me sort of philosophical about this pain and and it warmed me up and I remembered that I had a good association with it. And then the day that my son was born, my first son, um, I make it sound like I have like 10 now. <laughs> I only had the first, I've got two boys, but when, when uh, my kid Keshava was born, I was in Bath and it was a long birth, you know, it was like three days, went on and on. And in the middle of it, I went and saw a movie. It was just like, you know, <laughs> call me. And, and, it, and anyway, I ended up, you know, finally it was over at, you know, six in the morning on, on the third day. And I left the, the mother and child in the hospital and I wandered back and got on a bus, you know, and, you know, your life's been tipped on its head, mm. you know, like it's never going to be the same again. I was totally traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know got, exactly what I, you're talking about. I got about. off the right, bus yeah. and I had to, and I lived at the top of a hill in Bath and I had to walk up the hill. And I, I went straight, I got off the bus and walked straight off the bus into the into the off license and I was get me a bottle of that. And I drank this bottle of Lafroig up the hill. By the time I got to the top of the hill, I drank half of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I slept very, very well. 
I slept very well. And then, and then I continued drinking Lafroy for about a year, constantly. And I, uh, after about a year, I thought, hold on a minute, <laughs> I, I, maybe I should stop. So, so that was my Lafroy system, and, and it, it, it takes me back. If I, have, it's got a strong peat, peaty taste. Yeah. And uh, if I ever even if somebody's drinking it and I just smell it nearby, um, it transports me back to the birth of my son. And so I said, "Could you stand over there, please?" Or I'll move. <laughs> I had the opposite in when my daughter, my first child, was born. We had the opposite in that she was born too quickly, and I delivered her on our bathroom floor without any paramedics and stuff. So that went the opposite speed. But then eventually. I phoned 999, some people came along <laughs> and um, they took my wife and daughter into the hospital for a night anyway. I remember going home that night and just thinking, I could quite do the beer now <laughs> after that day and sort of drinking away. Did you have a drink after your, your son was born, Dan? I can't, I don't know. You, you had PTSD, didn't you? Yeah, I went, I went home. Um, the ashes were on. So before my wife had... Um, has cesarean. So the morning of the of the uh, birth, we were just sitting in the uh, in the ward watching the ashes on the laptop. <laughs> so I think I might have just gone home and done that. I, I must have had a drink. I probably did, but yeah, I remember the moments after. Then after that, it's a bit of a blank for about a week. Yeah, <laughs> the um, I, I went. This isn't relevant to anything with anything to do with the podcast, but I went. <laughs> Yeah, you get the NCT classes that you the sort of the class you can go along to that uh, you have to pay for. But we decided to go for the free hospital ones, and it was just a, a chaotic mix of people. And this one guy, they, they were chatting about what um, they were asking questions to, to the woman who was talking through. And this this guy's with her with his wife or partner said um, said when the birth's going on, am I allowed to go? out to the shop to get food and the woman went um well yeah like you're you're an adult human so you can kind of do what you want um but you probably should discuss that with your wife it's probably, probably like that but yeah you you can you can leave at any time and he just turned around and went see told you oh my god what's going on um did, did we find the uh, where lafroy's from it's it? no it's scotland actually it's oh it is island called is islay or islay I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but oh, yeah. See, I was so drunk I couldn't read the label. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a drink for six months, does for you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was per so I it, I was initiated into it in Scotland. That's that's very good. Right. That's appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, because we you know, birth, it's a you're witnessing a miracle. You know, witnessing a miracle. Um it's like you're witnessing death, yeah, actually. Birth is the cause of death, isn't it? Um so um so uh, I, I I did need to uh, sort of uh, get you know sort of sort of settle myself down, ground myself. Mm. My grandmother drank too much, and uh, she would freely admit that. Um, and and my family, you know, had a, had a, had quite a tradition of um, uh, they were sort of Northern Irish, originally Scottish McGowans, and um, they 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 was they they believed that they were psychic. McGowan's and that was their excuse for drinking <laughs> that we need to ground ourselves you know otherwise it's too much we're seeing too much <laughs> oh, that's great it's time now to find out our guest's dream pub companion but that is only for those of you who've invested in the Moon Underwater Patreon if you want to find out you can subscribe at moonunderpod.com and for the rest of you we'll be back after this short break 
you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are barred. Uh, we've heard what you want in your pub, but now it's time for you to bar something, something that's not allowed in Crispy Mills's Moon Underwater. What will it be? I think it's easy, to, and obviously phones are an obvious one, TV screens. I was thinking of face masks because uh, obviously, you know, have you ever tried to drink a pint with a face mask on? It's pretty stupid. But I, and I was thinking about politics, and you know, I can't stand politics, and and I like I can think many people can, but actually no politics in a pub. It's a, it's a absolutely where it should be, and you know when the when the conversation gets too heated, like sometimes when the band talk about politics, you know, um, I say to Alonzo, you know, you just make the, your Welsh accent much stronger, and 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 you need to have a pipe when you're having this conversation, <laughs> otherwise it doesn't work. Uh, the politics is fine. I think it's fine. I think it's propaganda. Propaganda is what has to. It's not allowed in because it's yeah. it's it's when the truth has to serve some kind of agenda, you know. And everybody has to sort of like everybody has to curtail their thinking, has to curtail it and limit it. And there's things you can't say and things you can say. And all of that culture has to that is forbidden in the pub. And I think that any sniff of propaganda, um, it's the death. It's the death of the pub. It's the death of music. It's the death of literature, theatre, you know, it's the death of life. (laughs) As soon as you can't, you know, be human, you've got to think, you've got to think independently, you've got to think critically. And I think that's the difference, isn't it, between um, when when music and 
and conversation is political it's the difference between that and having a soapbox you know because then you're then you're into some kind of rhetoric and it, and and it's it's very unhealthy so i let's i don't know how we ban propaganda Perhaps how we can do it. Perhaps so, if the shaman has the mystical blow dart gun with tranquilizers, <laughs> if you just yeah. if you see someone getting a bit yeah. much, you can just pick someone yeah. off. Well, obviously, you can no, sleep it off in the corner and it'll be fine. That's good, yeah, because you know, then you get into the the, the sort of the irony of it all. Is like, well, you can't ban propaganda because then you're you know then censoring. So it's a, the whole thing. You have to just let it have free reign. But obviously, like leafleting, yeah, yeah. yeah that's going to be forbidden and things like that. You know, common sense, yeah. Okay, wonderful. And um, I'm just keen to get the blow. The blow. You are bringing um, in the blow dart. Blow dart. Blow <laughs> dart. Um, to be clear. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Crispin, it's been fabulous chatting to you and designing this pub. I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. Coolish, I got a new album out. Yes. Tell us about it. Yes, thank you. Uh, it's called Natural Magic and it's out on the 2nd of February, which is, now. you know, it's just like now happening. Um, and um, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a year and a half in the we've wrote, wrote we wrote it you know this last year, so it's actually the quickest we've done two albums back to back. This is the quickest. So we did first Congregational Church of Eternal Love and Free Hugs. I mean, you can see we're already yeah, yeah, heading yeah, yeah. towards the pub, which is also the potential name for the pub. Um, I did think about calling it the First Congregational Church of Eternal Love and Free Hugs. <laughs> um, but um, that we, we've done it. We've done this record in sort of just under a year and a half, which from from release to release is is pretty good going. And it's like they used to do back in the day. Mm. Um, and when and we slipped into a pattern of doing it every four or five years because we we you know we had a life. We were doing other things as well. And it's it's really exciting to to be able to do an album like you did back in the day. Just yeah. quickly get another one out, and and you get that excitement and that momentum. Fabulous. Was this the one that you recorded in Brighton? Was this what yeah, you recording yeah, down there? Yeah, Metway. Excellent. So you had your local pub there to help yeah. help you along the way. Tours coming up, like tours. Or? Yeah, we we're going to be going up and down the country doing signings, up yep. and down, and a slight bit across. Um, you know, it, because in the in the virtual. In the virtual world, where where so much of music is is being streamed now, you know our, our audience tend to like to want to get the physical album, and and I don't think you really know how it's received until you've played it in front of people and you've actually met them and you can sign the records and everything and it all becomes real and you get a sense of where are we at and where are the audiences at. So looking forward to that. And then we're doing a tour, big tour in April and May in this country. So it's going to be busy, busy year. Fabulous. I have to come along. Excellent, excellent live band. Last saw you, I think, in 2017, maybe the forum, 2016. Oh, okay. Like that was the last one I turned. First time would have been at UEA in the 90s, whenever that was, <laughs> around K sort of time. So, yeah. Um, that was the okay. first, UEA was the, in that time, was the first date on our first headline British tour. Was it? That yeah. might well be what it was then, yeah. yeah. Wow. There we go. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of bands seem to start in Norwich. And I think it's because um, it's, there's nowhere, it's not on the way to anywhere. So you might as well start there and yeah. then go places. Sort of it's thing. to do with the routing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 
I'm going to do a big shout out to Norwich now because now Norwich has had a massive. Um, it, it's become a joke because of Partridge. Yeah, you know, but and 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 quite rightly, <laughs> but it is it is just just this most beautiful city uh, at the centre of it all, and it is like a time. I mean, I used to live in Bath for a while, and that has a similar thing. You know, you you do do a lot of real time travelling when you're walking around day to day, even if you live there. Norwich is incredible, and um, one of the one of the um, time capsules in Norwich, the one I really love, is Mother Shipton's room. Mo uh, not Mother Shipton, Jesus, sorry, I'm Paul Daniels is beaming in there. <laughs> he owns Mother Shipton's caves up in the north. Right. Um, she was a psychic uh, prophet, uh, but the, the, not Mother Shipton. Sorry, it's um, Saint Julian. Right. Or Mother Julian. Is she technically a saint? I don't know. Julian of Norwich. Right. Now, I thought I Julian yeah. of Norwich was a joke, but Julian of Norwich, she's she's she is one of the one of the saints of uh, of Britain and she was a uh, she she prophesied, you know, that her saying was, you know, all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. That was like her saying and and she had a she was an anchorite which means that they would go into seclusion and they would just wall them up in in a in a room in, in the in the in the hermitage or the monastery of wherever they were they were allowed a cat you know the super mice and they'd have their food you know delivered to them <laughs> and they'd be you know in deep deep contemplation and writing poetry and 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 living living a spiritual life, you know, and and they had a, a a window out onto the street, and people pilgrims would come through Norwich, and they'd go and visit Mother Julian, you know, and it, her rooms are still there, and I went and sat in her rooms and just just had a really lovely meditation on life um, before I did the gig, and it really set me up, and it was a great tour. But I love that all, 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 all shall be well. You know, it's like I just to bring it round to ayahuasca again. Yeah. Is that I know somebody who had who had an ayahuasca therapy, and they they had an incredible out of body experience, and they went through seven <laughs> gates of hell, and you know, and found themselves at the top of this mountain with this angel, and the angel was about just was going to say something to them. This you know, this is great words of wisdom coming from the from the highest and the angel just said it's gonna be all right <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be all right i love that and that and that's that's the sort of affirmation that i hope um i hope people will get from this conversation it's gonna be all right and that's what i tell myself so, that's yeah. what i tell my wife yeah yeah <laughs> especially at the end of the tax year <laughs> it's gonna be all right yeah. <laughs> It's well, nice to hear it, isn't it? It's lovely to hear it, yeah. and and I always held Crispy in high regard, but more so now. I know your love of Norwich, yeah. which is something I'm very passionate about. Drink up, please. It's time. There's one thing left, though, and that is to name your pub. What are we going to be calling this? Well, um, you know, I was thinking of the first congregational church of eternal love and free heart because I thought, well, that's an advert for the album. Yeah. Know, right there, yeah, just hanging well. outside a pub. And I thought, you know, obviously it's hard to say when you've had a drink. Um, Does that come under your propaganda? You know, calling, the, ta calling the taxi. <laughs> yeah. Where where are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm at the first <laughs> congregation. And I thought, nah. Yeah, they always get abbreviated, though. What would that be? Yeah. The Kong. 
yeah, at the congregation. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about that, and then I thought, well, actually, I also we had an, a track on our first album called "The Temple of Everlasting Light." I thought that's a great pretentious yeah. psychedelic. Um, but you know, I having had this conversation, I would like to call the pub the Mother Julian. Brilliant idea. Like of Norwich? That, no. <laughs> of Norwich. <laughs> in brackets. In brackets. Perfect. I'll be, I'll be spending a uh, many a night in, in the Mother Julian open brackets of Norwich, close brackets <laughs> in the future. Because uh, it's time for you to go back to the other realm. But thank you so much for your time. You. Really enjoyed it. And uh, goodbye. See you later. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.